0: Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. What's going on, traders? Welcome to the SPACs. You, you out there, this is what it's all about. Welcome to the SPACs attack where we talk everything SPACs. And please, let's get this started the right way. You guys smash that thumbs up. And yes, I know, these polos are are too nice. You guys got to get one yourself. Look up the swag, Swag swag.benzinga.com. Get on it. Let's get at it. All right, let's go ahead and bring on my man, Chris Ketchy. What are we going to be talking about today, Chris? What's going on, brother?
1: Yeah, you know, we've done this in the past. We've talked about, you know, one of the most influential voices out there, Kathy Wood, right? And we're going to circle back and we're going to talk about Kathy today because she's actually been buying... Some newer specs for the ETFs that we didn't get to talk about last time. And you know, again, I, uh, Kathy has a very forward-looking outlook, and I think that's important. We've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of SPACs to choose from, right, Mitch. And we have Kathy, you know, unveiling exactly which one she's buying, right? Daily emails, we've got full disclosures, the fund holdings. So I think it's important to see which ones she is betting on for the future because those could be the ones that maybe uh, people want to look at um, you know, as potential winners down the
0: road. Good morning, guys. Yes, we're at it. Don't worry, Brooke. I'll make sure to get to Black Sky, at least mention it. If you guys didn't catch yesterday's interview, definitely tell you to check that out. Todd, we are on the watch for ACIC. We did see some volume coming in. But James knows where the volume is. SRNG, big volume coming in there. We'll talk all about it. This is what the SPACs attack is really all about. You guys do us a favor. Give us a big thumbs up. And let's go right to those headlines, Chris, so that we can talk about our watch list. And, of course, get to those Arc Invest SPACs. Yes. I mean, there's tons now. It's not just one or two. So stay tuned, guys. Hit the like, and let's go ahead. Chris, take me back to those headlines.
1: All right, guys. Yeah, before we get into that exciting middle segment and look at the watch list, I know we do have some movers out there today. Let's take a look at the headlines from this morning. So up first, we have a couple analyst notes that I saw. So uh, we have re R-E-E. R-E-E Morgan Stanley initiating coverage on re automotive with an underweight rating and a price target of five dollars. Um, you know, price target here five dollars, not doing the stock any favors. Already trading at 561, down seven percent today. Remember, this was one we talked about not too long ago. They don't have a ton of partnerships and relationships. Um, you know, so I just don't see a ton of buzz about this one and it looks like Morgan Stanley feels the same way. Another note from Morgan Stanley out on Lucid, LCID, so Lucid Group uh, initiating coverage with an underweight rating and a $12 price target. Um, this one's certainly not going to make a lot of people happy. We're down about 5% today to 18.99. Um, we'll have to look at this chart in a little bit, Mitch, because the last time that this thing dropped below $20, you know, it, it shot right back up. So, uh, again, that price target today, this is from Adam Jonas. Adam Jonas, well known name out there. He's gotten a lot of flack, right? He famously had a very, very low price target on uh, Tesla. He also recently had a low price target on MicroVast, a retail favorite. So, Lucid getting the uh, the $12 price target here from Adam Jonas. And then another Morgan Stanley initiation. We have LICY, which is Lie Cycle, getting an overweight rating and a price target of $15. This one's interesting, right? Because you heard those other two getting the underweight. And now we have Lie Cycle getting an overweight rating and a, a price target of 15, which is almost double where it's trading now. Uh, shares are up seven percent to eight sixty nine right now. Uh, Life cycle still a couple of years away. This is an interesting call out here. Then again, want to highlight uh, one of the big events happening today. I have not seen it hit the uh, the ticker yet, but we do have Sport Radar going public, right? So Sport Radar, they priced their shares at twenty seven dollars last night. This is the competitor to Genius Sports. Um, I have an article that'll be hopefully be coming out soon on the dot com site. Uh, you know, comparing the two companies, there's a lot of similarities, uh, a couple differences, but again, I think both could be long term winners. But keep an eye out on Genius Sports G E N I as we see. You know, how will it trade in tandem with the new IPO of Sport Radar? Inspire Global, a company in the the uh, similar satellite space sector that we've been talking so much about, uh, they announced they're acquiring Exact Earth for 161 million dollars. So Exact Earth provides global maritime vessel data for ship tracking and, and situational awareness. So they're using 103 million dollars in cash, 58 million dollars in common stock, and they said that this will help boost their maritime business with additional data solutions, cross-selling opportunities, and expansion of their geographic footprint. Then we have Weedmaps, uh, ticker M-A-P-S. Uh, they announced the acquisition of Sprout, a cloud-based CRM and marketing platform for the cannabis industry. Um, they said that their strategy focuses on establishing WM Business as the software solution of choice for cannabis businesses. With the addition of Sprout, they're one step closer to realizing this vision of providing an all-in-one, seamless, and integrated solution to run, manage, and grow one cannabis business. Um, They also said that it will help their clients better target, reach, and acquire customers at scale. No transaction terms were disclosed when I read this news this morning. Um, I like this acquisition, right? We talk about Weed Maps being kind of the thing behind the thing for the cannabis industry, right? And, and not only are they going to use, you know, their normal Weed Maps and their app and stuff now, now they're going to help with customer acquisition for their customers and their partners. And, and with that CRM platform, um, you know, I definitely think this is worth monitoring. And we have AUS. So AUS is the SPAC taking WinBet public. A lot of people forget about this, right? Win Resort to spinning off its sports betting arm via SPAC. Um, they have Shaquille O'Neal as an investor and brand ambassador. They also have commercials out with Ben Affleck right now. WinBet was just named the official sports betting partner of the New York Jets. Obviously, this is a trend we're going to see continue where these sports teams sign deals with uh, sports betting companies. Um, and again, the NFL season just starting, so we'll have to see what kind of push this gets uh win bet. Open Door Technologies, O-P-E-N, um, which we'll talk about later on on the show, shares were trading down. They actually had a secondary public offering of 28 million shares. Um, so, you know, definitely a big number out there, right, of shares being sold off. I also saw circulated that MP Materials, ticker MP, Uh, They have a secondary public offering of 4.25 million shares. Uh, I'm not one to speculate much, but obviously I did see someone connect the dots on Twitter and say, wait a second, what do Opendoor and MP materials both have in common? They both had Chamath as investors in the pipe. So the question out here is, is Chamath the selling shareholder? And if so... Is he selling the shares you know, to put towards something else, possibly a deal for one of his other SPACs? So again, this is not a guarantee. This is just speculation, but have to point out that these two companies were both pipe investments from Chamath in case that does end up happening. And we got to talk about SRNG, Soaring Eagle Acquisition. So of course, bringing Ginkgo Bioworks public. They had news out this morning that they announced a, a partnership with the Africa CDC to collaborate and strengthen laboratory network capacity across African Union member states. So we're talking multiple countries in Africa. Um, They're gonna work together on this going forward. Um, This is a three-year term on this initial partnership. I would expect it to continue as long as it is going strong. And then of course, SRNG did have their vote and their redemption. So the numbers are in 50% of SRNG shares were redeemed. That changeover will now happen on the 16th. That's two days from now, Thursday, with the new ticker being DNA. Love that ticker. Um, So SRNG shares are now up 16% to 1065. Uh, I mean, we're hitting new highs that we hadn't seen um, you know, in a long time in this name. I, I will say, of course, this was a rather large SPAC deal done. So 50%, this is by no means going to be a low float stock, um, but I definitely see people pouring into this one on the news. Um, yeah, 50%, much higher than I thought on this one. Um, but again, this this could just be a one-day move, or this could be the beginning of people getting into this one post-merger. Then we do have a rumor out there, PPGH. Um, So according to Bloomberg, this SPAC is in talks with Taiwanese startup GoGoRoe, which specializes in battery swapping. A deal could value the company at $1 billion or more. So GoGoRoe has toted its ability to reduce energy consumption with its products. They power electric scooters and other two-wheeled vehicles. Um, So they've saved... 661 million pounds of carbon dioxide. And they said that their network of monthly subscribers is more than 400,000 people and 200 million battery swaps have happened. They also have strategic partnerships in India and China. I didn't know a lot about this one, but that last sentence got me a little bit more excited, right? Because this is a Taiwanese company, but they struck partnerships in India and China. We know how important e-mobility scooters and other small vehicles are in countries like that. So keep an eye out on this one. Um, you know, we've seen some of the, the Asian SPAC deals actually, uh, you know, get a lot of attention. And then we have another price adjustment. So MRAC, which is bringing Enjoy public. Enjoy is a retail partner with companies like Apple, they revised their enterprise value from 1.18 billion to 1.06 billion. Um, they also secured a hundred million dollar redemption backstop. So kind of taking the pro or the, the proactive approach here in case redemptions are high on the SPAC deal. They want to make sure they have enough money going forward. And, and then also revising that uh, you know, enterprise value, which I think shows shareholders um, you know, that they believe going forward. Um, and then of course, turning to, to the dates, right? We've got votes today, as already mentioned, SRNG. We also have Pace with Nerdy, P-A-C-E and A-C-I-C with Archer. And then tomorrow we have ROT, their merger vote with Sarcos Robotics and D-E-H with Vicarious Surgical. And then on the 16th, we have C-T-A-C voting on their merger with CORE. And I will note, of course, for our viewers out there, just so you are aware C-T-A-C, their redemption deadline is today. So if you own shares of C-T-A-C, today is your last day to redeem those shares at net asset value and also pay attention to what shares trade at today as if they continue to be under $10. We of course could see heavier uh, redemption. Uh, Mitch, I know that was a lot. So a lot of headlines. We've got that one rumor out there. I, I don't know where you want to start. Uh, you know, uh, what are your thoughts on the Open Door and MP secondary offerings? You know, these are two companies, obviously fast growing, right? They need the money. Do, do you think that uh, people are making too much with the speculation that maybe this is Chamath selling or based on him, you know, getting out of some of these other uh, companies? Do you think that's
0: warranted here? Well, I think it, it makes definitely more of an effect for the rumors of, you know, IPOF and and looking at that. But does it really affect MP and Open if it is Chamath or not? I don't really think it matters there, at least for those two stocks. I mean, those two stocks are stocks that are looking for a long term approach here. And they they can already see they have a business. I mean, we could all say that Open and MP have a business and they also have some upside look. Open has been doing really well compared to their competitor, their major one, right? Zillow. But you could also look at MP and then look at the environment that it's in. It's in one of the best environments to be. You know, materials, lithium plays are going to continue moving on up as demand increases and as EVs really get adopted. So to say that I'm worried about those two, not really worried about them, but I I think Chamath is trying to do something. Um, he's been kind of put laid to rest for a little while there. And when that happens, there's something new coming. And with that being said, the winner is starting to pick up. Trading starting to pick up. And as we've been seeing, I think we've been seeing higher trading volume in SPACs overall than, let's say, a month ago. So we're leaning towards an increase, not a decrease. So I'm thinking it may be a next wave. But, Chris, remember this morning – just before we just before we started, I said, "Hey, look at that! ACIC started to get some volume."
1: Yeah, ACIC and that? yeah, ACIC and SRNG are the, the two big ones today, Mitch. Right? So
0: uh, I'll show you guys exactly. Let's what start. I yeah, let's saw. start with ACIC here. This is exactly what I saw when I told Chris that this is the exact time, guys. We're talking. 10.56, so four minutes before we started Spax attack. I'm like, Chris, look, it's starting to go. I'm like, oh, I was looking at this one. I want to take it, but, you know, show's starting up. I got to focus on the show. <laughs> Next thing you know, boo! There you go, leveling on up there to 10.40 from a nice little 9.75 push up there towards 10.40. We'll see if this one continues to run, but this is exactly what we were looking for, and I know that I wasn't the only one everyone was watching acic this morning everyone was hearing about srng and the 50% redemption and i mean now this trade is definitely it's viewed upon it's not it's not a sneaky trade no more chris I, i'm pretty sure you would agree it's on a lot of people's radars a lot
1: of people getting into this one yeah
0: yep and then you're so you're seeing these quick little spikes it's not a lot i mean on the on the plus side either but i mean hey Quick spikes, quick returns, can't go wrong. All right, let's go ahead. I'll transition over. I just wanted to point that out because, I mean, man, literally four <laughs> minutes before we open, Chris, and I, it's like, kaboom. I look back, I'm like, oh, man.
1: Yeah, Mitch, real <laughs> quick, one one more thing on the the Chamath news. I, I just actually thought of this. You know, uh, yeah. we, we have talked about how he's been very quiet, right? So he has a podcast called The All-In Podcast with three of his friends, right? Um, some venture capitalists, private equity guys. They record that, right? And then it goes out on YouTube. A lot of people watch it. Mitch, they're actually recording a live podcast for the first time ever. I don't remember when it is, but I'm wondering if they do a and a session. If they do a and a session, that's really going to be the first time that people have been able to ask Chamath you know, questions in a while. And I would assume someone's going to ask about IPOF and some of these rumors right so I'd be real curious to see Chamath's reaction you know his facial expressions to any of that and then I think he is speaking at a conference coming up as well so we could uh, see Chamath get back in the spotlight real quick here so uh, uh again all speculation but uh, uh these deals uh you know we, we could see some movement again in IPOD and IPOF
0: we'll definitely take a look at that i mean it has been on our radar since i mean i don't even remember last time ipof when it first came out it was it was the one that i was looking at and i've always wanted it so i might have to add it to the portfolio now that we're kind of more in a calm down environment we we might have to get on it who knows who knows what we can find right definitely well well, Mitch, how about
1: SRNG? Um, you know, that's the other big mover today, right? So we are up 14%. We're actually uh falling down a little bit. I mean, this thing was up 16 or 17%. Um, if you can pull up that chart, I'm curious to to know, you know, what you're seeing here in terms of volume and that, you know, quick retracement, but uh 50% redemption, you know, that was higher than I would have guessed just because this is such a big spec and so many shares out there. But uh, definitely reacting favorably today. Um, and again, the new ticker will be in two days. And Mitch, we talk tickers all the time. What better ticker for this company than DNA?
0: Okay, okay. I like the, I like the ticker change. You know how I like my, my labels there. One <laughs> of the things that I'd point out here, guys, is there was clearly someone jumping on this trade today, and I'll tell you exactly where that big fish was. That big fish came in at 9:50 when he saw the price action holding up, going towards the trend. There was a big share order that started filling there between probably 9:40s and 9:50s. There was 204,000 shares traded in, in that one minute. When the prior two minutes had only 12,000 and 1,000 shares traded. That shows you right there, big fish. Big fish is jumping in there, starting to take the price. And what ends up happening is look how every pullback, there's actually volume that's coming in. I think that was that same guy. And believe it or not, I think he made a crap ton of money. I don't know who this guy is, but if he's out there, let me know. Because I see that. Right there, right? Boom, big volume. Then when it consolidates, holds on support, there's another big volume coming in here, 72,000 shares, and it breaks out. Boom, it pulls back. Look how there's ads on almost every pullback breakout. Boom. There was someone making some good money into this move. I think this is when they started selling out into the tens. And above 10, they started selling out. They expected it. That was their look. They saw it down at 9. They looked for a 10 move. But as you can see, it continued to break out and push through there, going all the way up towards a high of 1070, 10.82, actually. And now we're retracing. I think we're going to come back closer towards the support of 10.20. But you could tell. I, I feel like there's someone that made a huge trade today on Soaring Eagle.
1: Yeah, and I mean we're we're seeing this trade right, Mitch. The 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 redemption, the de spacking the two days between the vote and the ticker changeover. It, it surprised me a little bit though, getting in before you know the results <laughs> came out for this one because uh, I, I just uh, I like to Matt
0: Hammond and call out. Yeah, that you big know, fish might be wood.
1: It, it might, but really, Kathy's been buying this you know all the time. I don't think she she would have timed this one that perfect today. Um, you know, just a hunch that, yeah, that she, that, she, that she looks just should
0: be like an algo trader.
1: Yeah. She's been buying this thing. I mean, just, just based on her own philosophy, not based on the chart or anything. So, um, I don't know though. I mean, there's a chance we'll see the number later tonight. Um, of course, to see if she did add more, but, uh, SRNG Mitch, I mean, this is one we've been waiting for it to close for a while, right? It was one of the biggest deals ever done. Um, And a lot of people, I think, you know, just don't understand what this company does. It's got so many moving parts. And and now that we're trading over 10, the question is, can we sustain over 10? Will we get some analyst notes? Will we get some valuation call outs? You know, again, this thing's very a high multiple compared to some of the other high growth SPAC mergers. So I'm curious to see where we close the day at, uh, you know, if
0: it's over $10. All right, going to be looking to see what happens. When do we get SRAD to open up, and how does that affect Genie? I'm going to be paying attention towards that during our show. If it happens, I will let you guys know. For right now, it doesn't look like it has been released, but I'm keeping a close eye on it, so we'll see what happens here.
1: Yeah, and I mean, Mitch, to, to put this in perspective, right, since you have owned shares of Genie, you've done quite well Does any part of you think, you know, that maybe some people will sell Genie, take the profits, get into sport radar since it's the next hot one, get in, buy the IPO, and then maybe, you know, hold it for a little bit or make a quick trade, get out and then go back to Genie? I mean, I feel like that could definitely be a a possible trade idea there.
0: I think when you started seeing Kathy going at Genie, it gave a good sign that smart money knows the answer there. Uh, smart money has started to take more investments into genie and i think there's a reason why um, it's no longer just something that i'm seeing i think everybody sees the competitive advantage and how many deals they've been landing it's not i mean just look at genie you go and pull it up on your benzinga pro you're going to be able to scroll and see catalyst at the catalyst at the catalyst it's almost like chris like do we even react when we hear good news on genie <laughs>
1: No, I feel like the only time now is when if there's bad news. But right?
0: uh, that's Mitch, what, that's what happens. Literally. You
1: you brought up another good point. You know, with uh, Srad right. So uh, Kathy would have been buying Genie right. So some of the last IPOs, the big ones, right? Robinhood, Coinbase. What happened? Mm-hmm. Kathy bought in on day one. So tonight we'll get to find out. Did Kathy buy into Sport Radar? Is she going to own both? Right, Sport Radar and Genius. Or, smart, right? I mean, or is she putting all her eggs into the genie basket and betting on that one as the winner? So I that's a that's that. a great point there. We'll we'll be following up with that. Uh, you know, of course, on tomorrow's show.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be an important uh, topic to look at. And I, I would say that she probably goes for a little bit of both, but we'll see what happens there. All right, let's get into our watch list, see what we're seeing out there. Have you guys got anything to point out? Christian, yes, we've been talking sword and eagle all day, man. Just hit the rewind on that. You'll you'll hear all about that. Let's go ahead. Uh, Some people are talking some different ones. They got the NFL, the golden ticket. That's what John Doe said about Genie. I kind of agree with that. That is the kind of the golden ticket, but we'll see what keeps moving. All right, right off the back, I see KPLT. What, Chris? I think you've been talking to, about something. Oh, catapult
1: again. I mean, I mean, I've been talking about this one for weeks now, right? It's the buy now, pay later spack, right? They have a partnership with a firm. A firm got a deal with Amazon. Um, you know, PayPal's getting into buy now, pay later. So are other companies. So, uh, you know, the sector is so hot, and catapult also. You know, it's circulated as one that's got, you know, a heavy short percent. Um, It's got a lower float post redemption now. So there's a lot of reasons why traders keep getting into this one. But Mitch, this thing's going up again. I mean, we're up what, like 8% today. Uh, This thing just won't stop it, it seems.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just filling the gap. It's trying to fill that gap. And I mean, why not, right? Positive news. It had a huge gap down. Then the news started coming. And then what did it want to do? Wanted to come up for that gap. That's not a bad trade right there. Even if you just get it up from there, I think it's a good level. Now, will it continue to run from there? I think that's where you got to pay attention. $8. If Do we get some more volume to come in or, or do we get some support of the story there? We'll take a look and see what happens. Uh, next one that's been called out multiple times. Um, I've actually been even seeing some people talk about this stock on pre-market prep, which you don't hear too often. IRNT. What are you thinking here, Chris? Yeah.
1: So uh, full disclosure, I was long this one when it was D- when it was DFNS. I am out. I got in. I did the redemption trade. I made my money and I got out, but it's actually higher now than it was when I sold. Um, but again, guys, these trades don't always follow this pattern, right? A lot of them come back down to, to 10 or below. This one is holding up pretty strong since the de backing and, and, you know, this one also is in a sector that a lot of people like. Um, so if I'm not mistaken, IronNet is in kind of that data business, right? Um, and, you know, obviously we've seen, uh, you know, Palantir and others do good in, you know, similar sectors. So, uh, yeah, cybersecurity, I mean, it, it's a hot market. So there's a lot to like about this one. And and Mitch, it doesn't seem like this one's going to come back down to 10 anytime soon. But again, I I got out of this one just playing it for for that short trade.
0: Yeah, it's been doing really well. And um, one thing that might have helped, and I got to look into this a little bit, Chris, do we know a little bit more information on this active stake that was taken? I don't know if it's an older form that just went through, but on Friday, it looks like we did get a active stake. I think that's what might be helping it here, at least support there. Um, We'll look a little bit more into that. But as you guys can see, I, I think one of the things to remind yourself is when you're talking cyber, you've seen a lot of these companies perform well, right? CrowdStrike, um, I mean, Palo Alto. I mean, you can look at all these, they've been really kick killing it because, at the end of the day, we're going to continue to kind of have these cyber attacks, so we need the cyber security out there. And I think it's just going to give you a, a, an opportunity. Um, eventually, I do think it's going to come back down probably closer towards this 14. That's when I'll be looking. But it looks like it wants to keep running. And if it just gets to that 30 price point, we could probably never see it again. So uh, I'll keep it on watch. Let's look at one that we probably didn't expect to talk about today Romeo Power moving up a little bit, but not much there. I mean, I
1: think there was news with Romeo. Now that you say that, Mitch, uh, there has
0: to be something. Yeah.
1: Romeo Power and Dynexus Technology collaborate to introduce advanced battery sensing and diagnostics for battery electric commercial vehicles. I've never heard of Dinexus. Um, do you know Di- I don't know Dynexus. So, no, uh, I
0: don't know. I don't know the, the partnership there. But, I mean, what are they trying to do, right? They're just trying to gain some advantage here so that they can come back into play. Right now, it still hasn't happened. Even with this news here, I don't think it's happened because, I mean, what did it go up? It went up 5%. Now, if you saw this thing go up 40%, 50% on that partnership then you'd be like, okay, maybe this is a little bit of a game changer, and it's gonna change the story. Romeo has been killing you, Sue. I agree, man. I, I I looked I looked up for this company, and I and I did see positive story, but the technicals never were there. And I can tell you right now, I was a loser in Romeo, but I, I, at least I was able to get out. And I think that's what we all gotta remember. You gotta know an out spot. Don't get trapped. That's the key, guys. Once you're trapped, I mean, hands are off. You might as well just delete that money from your account because you you one, you either gotta hold until you get into that green, or two, you're gonna continue holding it until it gets to the point where you have no money there, anyways. So that we have to know our outspots. If we don't know the outspot, then determine what's the pain threshold. Is it 20, 30 percent on the downside? And it's okay to take a loss. What's not okay is to get stuck. Because once we're stuck, I mean, that's the worst to your mental capital. And you don't want to get back into any spec because you're probably like, "Yo, yeah, I just want to get into break-even mode. So we'll, we'll keep a watch on that one. Me moving today, interesting one. Uh, I've been waiting to see what happens with this. I don't that's, a name, know- that's a name we haven't talked about in a while, Mitch. Yeah, I don't know what's going to really happen with this one. I mean, yeah, it, it had a decent business, but what do they do with their data to really take that next level? That's what I'm wondering. I think Chris would probably say the same, but Chris, what are you thinking here?
1: Yeah, I mean, they're a couple of years away from really, I think, monetizing that data, right? They have a partnership with, uh, I believe, GlaxoSmithKline, one of the large drug companies, mm-hmm. to work on developing drugs based on the data they've found the, the story I would watch for this one, Mitch, would be, let's think, um, when is 23andMe a popular gift idea? Maybe Black Friday and Christmas? Oh. Maybe this... So this thing has never been public around a shopping season before, right? What if they do a big special uh, or a discount for you know Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Christmas time? That would be the story I'd watch with this one, because otherwise you know, when are people buying the the DNA testing, you know, just randomly throughout the year, but
0: I think it's a popular gift idea. So
1: um, that's what I'll be watching for here.
0: Yeah. I want to see a little bit more sideways action. We've been sideways since about the 22nd of July. So you're talking about uh, almost two months now. Let's wait for that to be about three months sideways. I think Chris has even heard me talk about that before What it does is it gives good consolidation price volume uh, that right there that builds right underneath it. And as long as it can keep holding supports, then when we get that next wave up, maybe that positive sentiment like you're talking about for gifting, then we can see the lift. And it it would time up good, right? Let's let's say after October or near the end of October, starting to see me start making that lift. I'll be watching it. You know, because like always, we want to see what happens. All right. looks like Brad wants to talk about the next one that was up. So don't worry. I I see you, Brad. I'll go ahead and I'll mention. Oh,
1: it looks like I missed a uh, analyst note today. I mean,
0: that's what we got our chat for. There we go. Brad, thumbs up for Brad in the chat.
1: 5.23 a.m. It hit the Benzinga wire. I must not Ooh. have scroll. I must not have scrolled back far enough this morning. Shout out Brad I'll in the chat. Up, so CIBC has a outperform rating and a price target of $20. Um, you know that that's a nice call out here, right? $20. We're at 1238 right now. This thing has not traded at $20 since June. Um, Again, we talked about this one this week. I I like the electric bus story, um, and it looks like analysts starting to to take note as well.
0: Looks like uh, someone's talking about 23andMe. Looks like uh, 23andMe is legit. I mean, if you got the shares, I hope it's legit. I don't (laughs) know. (laughs) Yeah, we'll I mean, if, if you think about the data and what they
1: may have as far as data, it might be a little scary. The one thing I will say with 23andMe, at least according to their presentation, is that you can opt out of if you share that data with that drug company that they're partnered Come with.
0: On. I want to be so, robotic. <laughs> I'm okay <yeah>. with it.
1: <laughs> I mean, I really feel like it's one of those things, Mitch, where like you can try to not have your data out there all you want, but ultimately... You think it, it, it's
0: not going to get it's, done?
1: It's probably out there. I'm pretty sure Mark Zuckerberg knows all my information by now, based on the ads I get. So,
0: bad Zucker, <laughs> he'd get you. He'll get you. All right, let's go ahead. Let's keep going. Let's get into one more here. Opad starting to boost up a little bit here. Went down below nine. Actually, below nine dollars yesterday. Already up today, a significant amount. Boosting back on back above ten. The question is, what's going to happen with OPAD? As you guys know, this is this was SPNV, and, and I myself can say, didn't make a single dime on a name that I talked about for probably about six months. But hey, if this is your stock now, I mean, uh, I like that look now. If we can close above 10, what are you thinking, Chris?
1: Yeah, you know, the, the thing that I learned the other day, Mitch, was I wrote an article about Jim Lanzone. He's the new CEO of Yahoo. Remember that name, Yahoo? Um, Yahoo. He, he came from Tinder. He is actually part of the Supernova SPAC that took Offerpad public. I didn't know that. Obviously, we know, you know, the the big name attached to Supernova, but I didn't know that Jim Lanzone was part of that uh, advisory board. But offerpad I mean home buying online and that whole industry I just think is so ripe for disruption um, I, I like open door I, I like offerpad I think offerpad may have more upside based on how they price the stock um, but we'll
0: we'll see. Yeah, I'll be watching to see if OPAD can hold that 10 and just close above it. As we know, there's a great management team, a part of this company. The question is, I haven't really seen the promotion that I want to see from the company. So just like Sue here saying that she doesn't know OPAD, don't worry, Sue. I'm sure you're not the only one. Um, And with that being said, the reason why is that promotion. The promotion hasn't been big. It's not like I'm seeing commercials uh, left and right. No, I haven't seen it, guys. So what's going to happen with this company? I think they're taking a little bit of a slower approach here and then looking to ramp up. So we'll see how that ramp up happens. But right now, it's just an interesting move if it can hold above 10 and keep moving. Let's go to the next one. Um, what Um, I'm seeing here, I mean, we could talk... Just to highlight, Rover's still moving, guys. Rover's still just stair stepping on up. And I have pretty pretty good idea that sooner or later we'll be looking at Rover and being like, man, that was a good opportunity.
1: Yeah. And Mitch, I'll say with Rover, right? We've talked a lot about Rover and we've talked a lot about Bark, right? And, mm-hmm. and this is where Not it after, might be important but... to talk about industry and pair trades, right? If you bought Rover, you're up you know, 40%. If you bought Bark, you're down 20% based on the $10 price. Obviously there's been some fluctuations since then. So if you bought both of them, you'd still be up. Whereas if you only have Bark, you're down Of course, if you only have Rover, you're up more. But that's why it's important, maybe, to look at you know uh, holding more than one, like you say, Mitch, with basket trading, right? I think the pet industry helps. helps. The pet industry is going to see a ton of growth, so I think you know it could be worth owning you know more than one. So Rover and BarkBox, two uh, ways to play that market.
0: Well, you don't know about my dog basket, Chris. I just, know about
1: I know about your dog basket. I just know talking spacks, those are the, the two. So I know there's more out there.
0: <laughs> you gotta get the Wolfie in there too. The woof, right? yeah.
1: I mean, if you're talking good tickers right there. The time, right?
0: I mean, you would have grabbed all three, you would have been looking pretty decent right about now. And so this is what it's all about. I mean, we we always want to try to find ways to diversify. And I think that's the more the point that Chris is really making, not necessarily about dogs here, but more along diversify within the SPAC industry. Don't always just count on one SPAC bringing all the returns to you. Um, Because at one point, Bark looked amazing. And then at one point, Rover didn't look amazing, right? It was starting to downturn and it was going towards nine. And this is what it's all about, guys. When you diversify, you're going to have an ability to get through the volatility, get through those waves so that you're not feeling such pain on the, on the downside and you get to see one of your stocks maybe holding your gains above ground. So like let's say for Rover, you would have been up 20 to 30%. But yeah, even if you had, let's say Bark and you were down on the percent, you're down 5%, boom, you see your overall count still in the green. That's what diversification really gives you. All right. All those pandemic puppies. Yep, You know it. I got one. I'm sure there's a lot of people that got one and, hey, there's one thing that's going to continue moving on is that people are going to continue getting dogs and there's going to be continue pet sitting. I mean, unless we get a robot that can start watching dogs, <laughs> I think we're going to be seeing Rover continue its move. All right, let's go to one more here that I wanted to bring up which was rice, because I'm wondering what's going to continue happening when we get the changeover. I think we've been mentioning this one multiple times, but I think it's important because when it changes over, LFG, what? LFG is going to be that new ticker.
1: I mean, this is a renewable natural gas stock. I heard Joel talking about natural gas on pre-market prep this morning. That's been a hot sector this year, right? If you got into natural gas at the start of the year... You're doing well, and that's part of the reason why this SPAC has held up, you know, so strong. A lot of these SPACs announce the deal and then they come down. I mean, this thing has been on fire, and, and I think once it does its ticker changeover, gets its new name, becomes an energy stock, I, I think it's just
0: gonna keep going higher. Without a doubt, let's go ahead and let's get into our middle segment here. We're gonna talk a little bit about what 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 Kathy's buying. What guys? Yes, yes, we're talking about Ark Invest, and yeah, a lot of people have been noticing. Hey, I I've been noticing it myself. I feel like Kathy's been buying more specs than she's been buying stocks, because there was a time there where she was buying very high end stocks. We're talking Zoom, Doc, we're talking uh, Roku. Even was part of the top three on ARKK. I would love to find out what the top three are now. I don't know if Roku's gone down in that position. But definitely one of the things that we've been seeing is I haven't been seeing too many purchases outside of the SPAC industry. So it seems like someone's going fishing on the bottom off the seafloor. What's been going on, Chris and Kathy?
1: Yeah, so I mean, we can walk through this, you know, fund by fund here. I got all the data from last night. So of course there's several Arc ETFs. So let's start with the big one, right? Uh, A R K K. This is Ark Innovation. So this SPAC, or this ETF owns two uh, spacs, right, or former spacs in its portfolio. So coming in at position number fourteen, we have Giraffe Kings, nine million eight hundred eighty-four thousand shares worth six hundred seventeen million dollars, two point nine percent of the entire ETF. I mean. DraftKings obviously is a leader in the sports betting market, and that is the one that Kathy has been betting big on in Arc Funds. And Mitch, you're going to hear that name several times throughout this conversation. Uh, and then also in Arc Innovation, we have SRNG, uh, you know, which we've just talked about today, becoming Ginkgo Bioworks. It's position number 42, $97.6 million, 0.5% of the ETF. So again, I mean, this is the flagship arc fund. So to see DraftKings in there and then to see Soaring Eagle, you know, Ginkgo in there, th- these are big bets on those two companies, right? You heard me say those dollar amounts. I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at. $617 million and $97.6 million. So only two in this ETF, but I mean, big dollar amounts, uh, you know, being pushed for these. And then we have Q So Q is the uh, you know robotics and innovation ETF. So this one owns four um, SPACs in its fund. So at sixteenth position we have Markforged MKFG, seven point four million shares, fifty nine million dollars, two point two percent. We also have Blade Air number twenty one BLDE, four point four six million shares, forty three point nine million dollars. of the fund. And then following right behind Blade, we have Archer ACIC at 22nd, $42.57 million, another 1.6% of the ETF. And then at 28th, we have SPFR, which is Velo3D, 3.26 million shares, $32.57 million, 1.2% of the ETF. And then we have ARC-X. x is the newer ETF, right? The Space Fund. 15th position, we have Blade once again, uh, 1.46 million shares, $14.4 million, 2.4%. We have Joby Aviation at 19th, uh, 1.13 million shares, $10.56 million, 1.8% 1. of the fund. And then at 22nd position, we have Mark Forged once again, million shares, $9.85 million, 1.7% of the ETF. We also have SPFR again, Velo3D, $8.05 million, 1.4%. And Archer again at 33rd, uh, $5.92 million, 1% of the fund, so, again, five names in the ARK space ETF, all related to SPACs, ranging from 1% to 2.4%. And we have ARKW. ARKW is uh, another flagship ARK fund. It's the Internet ETF. DraftKings coming in at number 10, uh, $210.57 million, 3.8% of the ETF. That's a pretty big bet on DraftKings here in this ETF. Then we have Skills, SKLZ at 22nd, $70.4 million, 1.3%. And then at 30th, Genie, right? Genius Sports, which has been a newer add to this ETF by Kathy Wood, $57 million worth of Genie stock, 1.0% of the ETF and growing. And then at 35th, we have KVSB, which is taking next door public. 51.7 51.7 million, 0.9% of the ETF. And then another newer position here CND. CND is bringing Circle Public. This is a cryptocurrency related company, $28.78 million worth of shares, 0.5% of the ETF. And then Arc Genomics, which was one of the best performing ETFs last year. So ArcG. Um, you've got to scroll down a little bit in this fund holdings to actually get to the SPACs, but there's several of them there. So we have Butterfly, BFly at 32nd, $92.6 million, 1.2%. We have SMFR, SEMA 4 at 34th position, 89.89 million, 1.1%. At 36th, we have once again, SRNG Ginkgo $86.89 86.89 million dollars, 1.1% of the ETF. A- and then also in this ETF, we have Quantum Psy QSI at 37th position, uh, 84.77 million dollars, 1.1% of the ETF. And then at 45th, we have Soma Logic SLGC, 43.86 million, 0.6% of the ETF. And then this was the surprising one for me, right? Because Kathy was buying the CMII units for the SomaLogic SPAC merger. This ETF currently holds SLGC warrants, um, 548,744 warrants, but they have a $0 value assigned to them, right? Because they're uh, not redeemed. So something to keep an eye on with ARCG that it does have some upside from those warrants. And then lastly, we have Arc F, the Arc uh, Fintech ETF. So this one, again, also only owns two former SPACs, but they're big positions, right? We have in 10th place, Opendoor, O-P-E-N, $108.85 million, 3% of the ETF. And then at 17th, we have DraftKings, $80.7 million, 2.3%. <clears throat> so that was a lot of names to get to, right? If you were following along you probably noticed some themes, right? And one of the themes I talked about before we started, DraftKings. DraftKings is the big name, right? DKNG appears in three of the ETFs. And then also we have SRNG, MKFG, SPFR, BLDE, and ACIC all appearing in two of the ETFs. Highest percent in a single fund for any of these names is DKNG being in three three uh, 3.8% of assets in ARC-W, and we also have Open, O-P-E-N, being 3% of ARC-F. And obviously, the leader by dollar is DraftKings as well, with over $900 million of shares owned across the ARC ETFs. And then SRNG, and 86.89 million across those two ETFs, the second place for dollar value. And and then we look at some of the recent purchases. So, as I said, Genie was a recent addition. Um, Bought yesterday, we had MKFG, CND, and KVSB. And then the day before that, we had SPFR shares bought. Um, the other ones to talk about briefly, Mitch, is uh, you know, Kathy used to own Virgin Galactic SPCE but has sold completely out of that position, and then also used to own HIMS 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 and hers and has sold out of that position. Um, does anything, I mean, Mitch, what do you take away from this? Any big surprises? Any names out there, you know, that you think sh- uh, shouldn't be included or maybe should be included that, uh, you know, Kathy is interested in here?
0: Well, uh, I'm with someone in, in in the chat. Like, I guess uh, we're betting on space. We're betting on Mars, baby, because DraftKings is in space. It's in everything, right? I mean, three yeah. different months.
1: Yeah, three different funds. You know that space part surprises me still, Mitch. Right? We have a space <laughs> e- we have a space ETF. Okay. We saw how many companies go public via SPAC in the space realm or satellite uh, realm, right?
0: I think there's quite a few. Got, now. A
1: couple, right? A couple of them. But Kathy's not adding them to the space ETF. She's going after the EVTOl companies, right? Electric vertical takeoff and landing but not adding the rocket companies or the satellite companies. I mean, you have Astra, you have Rocket Labs, you've got Black Sky, you've got Planet, you've got all these different companies connected to space. So again, Kathy's been very bullish on SPACs, right? Which I love, but I'm still surprised that some of these space names aren't ending up in that portfolio. What do you you make of that, Mitch?
0: That's innovative. I'll go with Kay's (laughs) comment. That's so innovative, you know. I mean, bet on the leader, right? If you're going (laughs) to bet on one. I mean, shouldn't there be like a rule against like double dipping? Shouldn't there be a rule, Chris? I mean, I don't know. I mean, conversation wise, I mean, I think, I don't think you should be able to have multiple ETFs that include the same tickers. Because essentially, I mean, if Kathy goes down, if if DraftKings goes down, it's all are going down, and and that's what I don't like. You know, one of the things is we talk about diversification, right? Not much diversification here, at least in the Spacs. We're seeing a bunch of them double, triple dipped, and I, that 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 concerns me, but also shows me that there are some favorites in Spacs. Like there's some real companies here that if Kathy thinks can really make it, I mean, there, there has to be a reason there, right? They, they do their research. They got a lot of smart people deciding what companies to take a look at. So the technologies and the products, I think also we're taking a look that when they were on the private market, now going to public, and I think they're taking that opportunity, right? A lot of these they had to have probably known before they went to public.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, great point. Kathy's been in pipes on some of these. So she's got that inside track, right? She she may have seen the financials. She may have, you know, a huge thesis. But then she's almost doubling down on them, right? We saw that with SRNG. She was a a pipe investor, and now she's loading the boat on more shares, you know? So it's almost like she either didn't get enough of the pipe that she wanted or she just has, you know, a firm belief that this company is just going to dominate. Uh, and again, that's a risky move, right? To, to keep adding, keep adding, keep adding. But it, it's interesting. And uh, Mitch, the the other thing I, I was going to say, right, is uh, we just talked about Jeannie and Sport Radar, right? And, you know, if we see Sport Radar get added tonight, how she's betting on, you know, more than one. But so obviously I only touched on the, you know, the, the SPACs or former SPACs, but like with DraftKings, ARC has put out a huge estimate on the sports betting industry and how much they think it's going to be worth. I mean, it's a pretty big number, but then you look at the ETFs and the only name in there is DraftKings and now Genius Sports. It, you think that's a risk, right? To not grab, you know, like a, a, a pen, a FanDuel, uh, you know, a Rush Street, uh, you know, a
0: uh mgm one of the other players here yeah i'm surprised she hasn't even just opened up a pure gambling etf because that to me would <laughs> maybe that's sense. next you know what i mean hey kathy i got you you can you know mitch at benzinga you know i'm sure jason will share me a little bit but at the same time yes why isn't there's a the gambling etf i mean I would have opened one already. I know why. There's bets. Let's just say that. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: I don't. I don't think I could ever compete with bets. They've done a. They've done a heck of a job with that, right? Uh,
0: I mean, I, I try to do do one myself. Essentially, yeah. You did your basking, basket. You know, you did I your mean, small little ETF on your own. So there's you no, got it. There's no point in not jumping on the industry. And I do agree with you that there's more winners than just DKNG and, and Genie in here. And that's because at the end of the day, there's going to be a lot of companies that get a small piece of the pie. Yes, there will be the winners that get a big piece, but there's always going to be these small pieces of pie that they're going to get from state to state. And that's going to help a smaller company with a lower valuation, get that price to come up.
1: Yeah. And the other thing to watch Mitch is, uh, you know, the timing of these buys because Kathy hasn't shied away from adding SPACs before the merger, right? But now you're seeing with some of these, like Genie, right? She didn't touch Genie when it was DMY, right? DMYD. She waited until after the merger. So, will we see some of these DSPAC names, you know, get more into favor with ARC funds? And could that be a catalyst? Um, you know, and uh, again, I'm looking forward to see if Sport Radar gets added tonight. The, the other one, right, she added Robinhood, she added Coinbase, but we haven't seen her add, you know, like eToro or some of these other trading platforms. So, you know, could that be a, a sign that, you know, she doesn't like those companies as much or she just thinks she has full exposure already?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think she's definitely trying to dip her toes, maybe with a little bit of timing added on it, just waiting, trying to see the rebound. But uh, that's probably going to do it at least on Kathy Talk. I do want to go ahead and hint Brad is right. We got LEV right close to that 9%. I got it right now at 8.5, but I mean, definitely pushing hard. IRNT pushing hard. ACIC even pushing hard. So keep your eyes out there, guys. There's some specs moving. Um, they're not all just sitting tight. So if you keep your eyes on some of these, you're gonna, you're gonna find that there is some winners lately. And what is this showing me is that eventually we're getting towards the next wave in specs. I'm super excited about this because I think Chris and I have been waiting for this moment. It hasn't arrived just yet in my eyes. but are we leaning towards a positive outlook? I do think so. I'm I'm starting to see a lot of these specs start holding. Yes. Are there some that have gone and headed down south to, let's say, those four or fives? Yeah. But that's okay. As long as we get some of these to really hold that price action like we've seen in Rice, um, like we've seen in even Porch. Um, I mean, it it held up and never went down towards that 10. That's what we need to see. Um, I did call out a stock yesterday. Um, taking a look at how it's trading today, I'm starting to like ChargePoint, Chris. I just wanted to call that out. I did talk about it on Money, Mitch. Just because the the chart will start showing you weekly, monthly support, and that's what I like to go after, right? I mean, who knows if the monthly or weekly support is going to hold there, but we'll see how these uh, spacs perform going into the winter months. Definitely. And
1: I'm, I'm long charge point, long, long and steady. I've been in that one for a long time. Uh, I I like that one going forward. So a lot of great comments in the chat today, guys. Thanks again. We did hit our hundred likes. Let's try to hit 150 on our way out. So smash the like before we head on out of here, you got power hour coming up next and we will
0: see everyone tomorrow. All right, guys, like always, up next, you will have the Power Hour. Yes, I said it. The Power Hour will be coming on next. That's from 12 to 1 p.m. And, of course, you got your one and only Air AB is going to be in the house. So you guys check out Power Hour. It will be on next. And I heard they might even got an interview. But you guys, go ahead. Find out for yourself. We'll see you next time on the SPACs attack. (laughs)